the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I have a very special guest today, um, somebody that I've worked with for a really long time, and she is really the queen of magazine publicity. I am so impressed with her. Diane Stefani, welcome to the show. Diane? Diane's not there. Hello? Oh, there you are. I am here. Oh, okay, because I gave you this magnificent introduction, and then all of a sudden there was silence. No, I heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think that you are the best in the business. So um, I'm very, very happy to have you on the show. Well, thank you, and we know who taught me everything I know. Again, it's a love fest. It's, like, really obnoxious. What is going on between you, me, and Steve? We're disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) We're funny, though. (laughs) <laughs> no, actually, the engineer just apologized to me, and I am, and he said, my fault, sorry. I mean, so you're probably there, and I couldn't hear you because he had an engineer's blip. See, it's just like old times. I always have to point the finger at somebody. <laughs> but he's great, and the show is great. So bear with me for a few minutes. I have to do a news brief at the beginning of the show, but it's very, very, very brief, very brief. You know why? Because what I'm going to talk about is the State of the Union address, and you know what the State of the Union is? Uh, other than uh, Social Security? <laughs> well, I was just going to say lousy. <laughs> There's nothing more to say. I think that Bush should have just stood up there last night and said, it's lousy, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we would have had, you know, that much more time to see the OC. <laughs> well, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, a lot, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, and the other thing that's going on here in California, Diane, I don't know if you follow national sports, but the big news is that Rudy T is stepping down from the Lakers. And this is after, you know, last year's drama with Phil Jackson stepping down. And now, like four months into the game, Rudy T is stepping down. So we're doing a little poll on the show today, and we're going to ask my listeners to email Voice America 7 and let us know whether or not they think Phil Jackson is coming back fast. Okay? So that's the question for the day. Okay. Voice America poll, and now we're going to talk about magazines with the magazine queen, Diane Stefani. (laughs) Okay, Diane. Um... I'm going to ask you some questions for our listeners because they're all learning about PR. I wanted to ask you how the magazine industry has changed. I mean, compared to five to ten years ago, did did it get more difficult to promote magazines because of the crowded publishing environment? Well, interestingly enough, ten years ago there were no blogs, which is hard to believe now. There were were not as many cable shows and certainly network um, uh, shows that were so niche-oriented. Now, really, as then, it's it's being creative and have creative and out of box thinking that's important. Um, ten years ago, newspapers also uh, started assigning reporters so to cover the publishing beat. So one could argue that there are more outlets now than ever before to get your magazine mentioned. And I mean, there's Media Bistro which didn't exist. There's Media Post which didn't exist. Media Life. And then there's um, sections in the New York Times that had just started, and the Wall Street Journal, New York Post, San Francisco Chronicle, the Washington Post, and many others. So while it's it's always difficult to promote magazines, um, but it's 
also, if you get a good publicist who knows uh, what they're doing and, and has a sharp, smart mind, they um, and almost anything is possible. Right. Well, you certainly know how to you you certainly know how to break through the clutter. I know that. One of the things that I've always been amazed about in in you, Diane Stefani, is the fact that you know so many other people who are quote unquote publicists, you know whatever rank they may be. I mean, you were really one of the few that really knew how to get the ink. <laughs> and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that you came from the journalism side. Yes, it really is an incredible benefit to have worked 15 years at the New York Post and really know uh, what journalists are looking for and reporters are looking for. And that's something that's hard to be taught unless you've gone through the process. Well, you know who spoke really highly of you because he was here for the Golden Globes and... We had dinner at a really chic L.A. restaurant. You'll never guess, but it's somebody that you used to work with at the New York Post, and now he's working over at us. Oh, um, Tim McDarrah. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We had such a good time. Such a good time. He's a great guy. When Tim McDarrah comes to L.A., it's like you you can't get any more New York in L.A. You know what I mean? So David went out to dinner with us, and David's niece, who's actually a publicist with It Girl PR, um, who's really working closely with Tim McDowell. They adore each other. They were with each other till 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't even know what happened. (laughs) And um, so we just had the greatest time reminiscing, um, and then he ended up coming on as a guest to Stars of PR with NDR, and he talks about annoying publicists. But you didn't come up <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, um, you know, but he says hi, and he thinks you're great, too. I mean, Diane Stefani, the best publicist in the whole wide world. More than a publicist, but, oh God, you're so good. Okay, um, so basically what you're saying, even though there's, it's crowded in the publishing marketplace, I mean, you know, when I go into um, a supermarket, I see a magazine rack, I can't, I mean, it's almost as if people... Us, in touch, um, star. It, every every magazine like looks alike now. I mean, you don't even have that tabloidy newspaperish kind of format anymore. They all made themselves into that people us format, mm-hmm. and it's very confusing for the consumer. Um, I, I don't know if the consumer knows what to buy because you know every cover last week had something to say about you know Jen and Brad, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you know, I mean, which magazine to buy? I mean, I guess it's impulse. I guess it's loyalty. I know I'm throwing in this question to you the last minute, but I'm, I need your opinion on that. Well, certainly I think People Magazine is the, uh, you know, they're the forerunner. They're the ones who began this whole uh, celebrity-oriented magazine, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And I think that just out of loyalty, they probably have a lot of uh, – uh, subscribers, and that's why they're so huge, and why they also get some of the better stories. The other ones are the people wannabes um, that are, you know, vastly, quickly nipping at their their heels. Um, but giving something a little bit different. I mean, uh, with the Star Magazine and with um, with Us Weekly, once it went weekly, became almost more of a 
picture book with captions and very little stories. So I still think People Magazine is the magazine that has more meat to it, and that's not and not not being a regular reader of these celebrity magazines. Uh, that's just my opinion is that. And I there's probably a loyalty built into it because it's been around. It's been the grandmother of these kinds of magazines for so many years that right. I would imagine that there has to be some brand loyalty, particularly for the people who are not, you know, subscribing to it but are picking it up at the supermarket as an impulse buy. You know, if they've been loyal to people for the last 20 years, why should they try something new? It has the best brand recognition, and I think that's going to go a long way when people are looking People on the, people are looking for what to buy are going to probably go to People before they're going to go to another magazine. Although Us also has been one of the stalemates, and, you know, with bringing um, Bonnie Fuller on and Tim McDara and, you know, a really um, top-notch staff. Right, well, she started at Us and then went to Star. Oh, that's right. She went the other way. Oh, how embarrassing. <laughs> well, Do well, you really know about magazines? I need you to keep me up on these things. <laughs> well, she, well, what she did is she she um, evolved Star from a tabloid newspaper into a magazine uh, like like what she had done with uh, Us Weekly. And so it's, it's often easily confused. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, the you know genre. what? It was easily confused for me, but um, <laughs> she did really well for herself. <laughs> Um, we have about a minute and a half until break, and the reason why I'm kind of slowing down with you and having fun with you is because you're going to be on another segment. Okay. Um, talk about, before we go to break, Diane, tell my listeners all of the magazines that you represent. Well, we have more than a dozen magazines that we handle, and everything from the latest launch of Time, Inc.'s Cottage Living to uh, long-time uh, promoters of Cooking Light magazine, Smithsonian Organic Style Prevention, Budget Living, Inc., Fast Company, Sunset. The the two the, the most recent um, two launches we're very excited about is a magazine called Tango, which is a new magazine about love and relationships, and we're hosting an event at Bloomingdale's in Soho uh, next uh, Friday the 11th with um, uh, Desperate Housewives hottie James Denton. Yay! And, I'll yeah. bet you there'll be a lot of Desperate Housewives there. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so all of my listeners in the New York area, if you want to salivate over James Denton. Now, is he the guy that's the gardener? He's the, yes, he's the, um, Terry Hatchett's uh, got her eye. Oh, no, on that, him. okay, so that's not the gardener. He's the guy that's the police guy. So we think. He's the one that we don't know what he is. I mean, he's very suspicious. We think he's a plumber. But, um, but now, we, now we think that he's somehow affiliated with the law. There's something mysterious going on there, and oh, I the want to know what it is, and we're going to ask him next Friday the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. I think every lady, James Denton, okay, <laughs> every lady has to go down to Bloomingdale's and Soho for this new tango. Is it open to the public? Here I am inviting uh, everybody. Well, I was going to say, we'd uh, prefer that they go to the newsstand on February 8th when it debuts, which is next Tuesday, and buy the issue where he's on the cover with his wife, Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind, listeners. Security will have you taken out if you try to get into the party, but hey, it's another plug for what Diane's doing. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Coming back with Diane Stefani, the magazine queen, the magazine queen of them all. Diane Stefani in about five minutes. Thank you for listening. I'll be with you on. I am American Idol. I got synthetic to sell. I feel my mama to get out of the team. 
information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 817 0700. Charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. My name is Joyce Bender, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your pet's body wants to be healthy. If you give them the encouragement they need and provide them the proper nutrition, your pet will find its own way to optimal health. It's about giving the body the life it needs to take care of itself. It's about veterinary rehabilitation and holistic care with Dr. Ava Frick. Heard every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Veterinary Rehabilitation and Holistic Care is a show dedicated to the health of your pet. Topics to be discussed will include nutrition, pain elimination, acupuncture for animals, and more. Provide your pet with the lifestyle it deserves. Listen to Veterinary Rehabilitation and Holistic Care with Dr. Ava Frick every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Business, sport, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-888-335-5204 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Hi, we're here. <laughs> I was emailing my engineer. This is what I do on commercial breaks and I got caught. <laughs> Diane, he's asking me if he could just call me the juice, and I said, oh, I've been called that before. <laughs> it's sort of an old moniker, but we'll let him make him, we'll make him think that he came up with it for the first time. Exactly. Why not? It's nice to earn the title three times in a career without the other person knowing about it. What the hell? <laughs> All right, so here's here's the results of the Oh, okay. Um, no, now he's confessing, by the way. He found it on the net. Who would have called me the juice on the Internet? That's, like, hilarious. I'm, like, really dying now. Okay, I'll stop. I'm not looking at... Chris, I'm not looking at your emails anymore. You're distracting me. 
Um, so anyway, the results of the very quick on the on the bus poll on um, Rudy T and whether or not Coach Jackson is coming back is that twenty people had responded that the assistant coach will be staying on through the remaining season, which I'm really scared about. Um, but Dr. Phil Jackson will be back next season, so there is hope for the Lakers. Yay! Okay, so I'm going to ask you more questions. It's interesting that you answered the question about the cluttered magazine environment, that you also had more promotional opportunities that you had never had before, um, you know, like blogging and, um, you know, all of these new, um, you know, sort of opportunities to plug magazines that, you know, you never had access to before. Mm-hmm. I think that's fabulous. Do you blog, Diane? No, I not enough time to write about my life. I'd, I'd like to be behind the scenes promoting other our clients. <laughs> <laughs> a blog is really so personal in a lot of instances, or if you're reporting on the, sort of the political scene, that's also, I think, where the blogs became very popular. But can a PR person in magazines blog for somebody else? I mean, for example, like, can you blog on behalf of the publisher? Absolutely, and I think a lot of the PR companies are turning their um, their clients' uh, information into blogs, but then it just becomes, you know, uh, and then it becomes just too much information that, you know, it's not doesn't become useful at that point. I mean, I think a blog should be... Uh, something that uh, people are really interested in reading about, and, you know... PR releases is a, a vehicle to get your client's story told in various types of media, but I, I don't think it belongs in a blog. Okay. Um, however, if it was something very exclusive and unique, it's another way of guerrilla marketing and getting the message out there. No, absolutely. Um, and but you mentioned some other, just for my listeners who are trying to learn something about PR, you mentioned some other new um, columns, opportunities, websites, what would they be again? Media Post. Uh, and there's Media Life. And Media Bistro, which uh, really started as a, um, a networking party um, email, has, has morphed into a, 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 almost a total newspaper online where it gives information about jobs for journalists as well as uh, reporting on the media. Like, oh, well, that's a whole. That's really a whole new venue because when you and I were working in the magazine world together, it just didn't exist. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's encouraging. It's okay, so since you've worked for many different magazines, Diane, share with the listener which promotional technique works best for each magazine. Um, you know, I know we know that there's so many different tactics. But, you know, for one magazine, your key might be promoting the publisher. For another one, it's leaking, you know, the newsworthy tidbits that everybody will pick up right before the magazine goes to press. Um, what, what different techniques are you using for each of your magazines so the listener can understand that PR is not just getting, it's not just one-dimensional? No, absolutely uh, not at all. In fact, there's the business side of, of the magazine, which is about the, the what the publisher has to say and new hires and and different marketing uh, promotion and promotional activities that's going on and then there's the consumer side which is the editorial and 
uh, slicing and dicing and dissecting that and getting that information out to the press. Prevention Magazine is another one of our clients, and they've taken one of their stories, which is on how how your desk can be, like, unhealthy for you and turning that into a promotion by going to four major advertisers in the city and literally going there with nutrition experts uh, to help uh, desk bust. (laughs) Um, Sounds like a reality show, Diane. I think you have something bigger there. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and not only are we going to turn that into an opportunity to uh, photograph these desks and these um, media buyers with their, you know, their their unhealthy desks. Um, but we're also going to that has also become a NBC Weekend Today segment on the ultimate desk supplies and what Prevention Magazine re- uh, recommends for your for your desk drawer, for instance. And did you come up with that? Well, one of our team here did. I mean, it, it was based on editorial from the magazine, and that's what we specialize in here in in realizing what special uh, articles will make those uh, will translate well into television segments. No, I, I think that's really important for people to learn. People who don't understand, they think it's just easy that we write a press release and it gets done in the papers, but the thought that goes into, um, you know, visualizing something that will work for television takes a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this doesn't just happen that you end up on the Today Show. Somebody had to think about this idea <laughs> and, you know, make it, you know, package it for television. And I'm sure that the people at Prevention Magazine are really excited about it. I hope. Uh, they are, as was Inc. Magazine. When we started with Inc. Magazine, they had a cover story about this entrepreneur who had begun his, it was around uh, J- June, um, and this a company called Flavor X was a company that was created to basically help his his daughter, who was very ill, create a medication that she would be able to swallow. Anyway, I saw this story. I realized it was Father's Day was coming. Uh, we pitched our favorite uh, producer over at the Today Show, and, and it was like in in the five in five minutes, like we received an email back. This is the producer you talked to, and from that one bit of brainstorm. And that one pitch, it became a seven-minute segment with Matt Lauer. Wow. Well, it's a very touching story. It, it, it was. So. I mean, but you, you know what? You're so lucky because you have really great magazines to work with. And the diversity, I'm sure, helps you leverage one against the other. I mean, you know, it's almost as if you have a magazine in each category. <laughs> it's uh, wonderful. It's a category. category. Excuse uh, me? One, uh, one, uh, one magazine we just started working on, which is it has a... Which is very interesting. It's been around 13 years, and now it's it's uh, going to be more of a national magazine. Is Show Circuit, and no one's ever heard of it because we just uh, started on it. Unless you're, it did. It was in the uh, Los Angeles area, and it's a, a lifestyle equestrian magazine that's out quarterly. And quarterly magazines are a real challenge because they're not out there in, in the consumer's um, face enough. But um, They've recently, the woman who is the publisher is Jamie Morse Heidegger, who was the former CEO and president of Kiehl's since 1851. And what she's doing for Kiehl, uh, what she did for Kiehl's, which was turn it from a cult neighborhood uh, beauty store into an international skin and hair company, she uh, plans to do a show circuit, which was basically a, a local magazine with a lot of stats about the, the the equestrian market, 
and setting it into an, an international and global magazine uh, about the equestrian life. The skincare lady, the one who invented keels? <laughs> uh, third generation. <laughs> she is uh, the, the, her, her, her family owned um, keels, uh, not from 1851, but pretty much in the, from the beginning of the 19th century. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, it's interesting because it's the perfect, uh, it's the perfect branding mechanism, too. So do they use keels? Skincare on equestrians? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, it would I, make you know, sense. I haven't asked her that. That's a very good question, Cindy. I'm, I'm have to ask Jamie if they're using any of their, their Kiehl's products on. Uh, well, she's first of all, she sold it to L'Oreal for undisclosed millions of dollars. So uh, I don't know if it's not a dumb lady. <laughs> <laughs> not well. Then she doesn't really care about Kiehl's anymore. But I was going to say, wouldn't it be great, like at all the promotions? I mean, if she owns Kiehl's anyway. That, exactly. Like, you know, she could have like the groomers and everything working on, you know, washing down the horses with wonderful <laughs> keels, <laughs> and it's really great for your hair. <laughs> Even back in our day, Diane, remember we always used to have like that keel stuff that we used to put in our hair before we had to go to a special event. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, so it's a funny, it's a funny mix, but that's interesting. Well, I've, I've just so you know, I've taken two ideas that you gave me when we were working together at um, at Playboy and. And and use that in my current um, current position as the vice president of business development here at the Rosen Group, and that's www.rosengrouppr.com. By the way, well, no, we it is Plug City. I promised you that. And uh, and that is um, events at Elaine's Fast Company Magazine, which is a new a, new, a business magazine that uh, took its lumps after being the and the height of the new economy, uh, and really has a wonderful news uh, editorial staff, a new editor in John Byrne, and they were getting their lumps in the, in the, in the among the trade press simply because their uh, the advertising wasn't up to snuff, but the editorial was incredible. So we've been holding a, 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 a number of events at Elaine's. Well, that's and like the old days. Excuse me. I said that's like the old days. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's and, and it's just been fabulous. We've uh, the first event we hosted with John McCain, who wrote an essay in the Special Courage issue. Right, right. And then we recently did an event with Malcolm Gladwell, who's the author of The Tipping Point. Well, listen, they're playing music. I think this is great, and I'm glad that you got to plug the best magazine firm in the country. Give us well, that website again. www rosengrouppr.com Listen, if any magazine person wants the best, the best, call Diane Stefani at the Rosen Group immediately because if I owned magazines, I would hire her. All right, Diane, thanks for doing the show. Sorry you couldn't be on the same segment with Steve, but he's going to pick up where you left off, okay? Fabulous. It's really nice talking to you. Thank you for doing the show. Stars of PR with Cindy R. Thank you, Cindy. Okay, Take care. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E-Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Tune in every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for Talking Shriners with Mario Gallego. Each week, Mario will discuss cutting-edge health programs that the Shriners provide free of charge for children with different health concerns from severe burns and orthopedic care to spinal cord injuries, as well as let you know the importance of becoming a member to help future generations of kids. So won't you please join us for this fun and informational hour of radio with Talking Shriners and Mario Gallego every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 1-888-335-5204. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Hi, everybody. Two really fantastic guests today that really know the magazine business. Everybody just heard Diane Stefani, and now we have a colleague of both of ours, Steve Cohn from Media Industry Newsletter. Welcome, Steve. Uh, good morning, Cindy. Good to talk to you from the cold East Coast. I, oh, come on. It's not that bad. I miss about, it a lot. It's about 30 degrees here. It's probably about half of what it is out in L.A., so enjoy the weather. Uh, no, well, we always do, except we did get rained on profusely about three weeks ago. I mean, everybody has water damage in everybody's house. Okay, we have snow damage here, so we're all in the same boat. <laughs> I think we are, except our weather is nicer for a longer amount of time throughout the year. But you know what? There ain't nothing like New York, Steve. That's true. I mean, Anyway, I'm happy to be on. No, I'm really glad to have you. Steve and I have worked together, is it? I mean, is it really Not quite? Years? It's 1986 when you were a Playboy and I had just come to Media Industry Newsletter and I was learning the ropes and you taught me what to do. Oh, that's really nice. You and Diane, I mean, God, the two of you, I would have thought you were married, but I know you each are married, so I mean. That's true. <laughs> but everybody's allowed to have their business husbands and wives. It's a different that's thing. True. 
You're right. You know, it's an altogether different thing. And it's perfectly, you know, it, it's perfectly innocent. It's almost like in TV news you have your TV anchor husbands. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're kind of married to the job. I think that's, you know, in this world of 24-7, and it certainly has affected me much more so than in the 80s with the Internet and with uh, cell phones and everything. It's uh, You really can't get away from your job. It's, uh, I think there's a plus and minus to that in life. I, I, that's my observation. No, I think it's very true. When you and I started in the business or, you know, I was coming in from RKO, having a baby, going to Playboy, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, nobody walked around with cell phones in their ears as much as they do. Well, they weren't they weren't around, and it was a much, at least in New York, Cindy, you know, looking back at it, it was a relatively innocent time compared to today. I, I don't think editors and publishers... Particularly in New York and maybe in LA too, but especially here, were the celebrities that they are now. I call it the Tina Brown effect. Um, she was just getting rolling at Vanity Fair at the time, and suddenly Tina, even more so than Helen Gurley Brown and Malcolm Forbes and Hugh Hefner, made her name the symbol for the magazine, and it put a lot of pressure on other editors to do the same. And uh, and the business has really never been the same since, in my view. So it, no, I, I like that the Tina Brown effect. I mean, yeah, I say that a lot. Although it, ha- it it existed before, but it was relatively limited, you know. But uh, well, but, right. No, I, I think that you name the right names for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, even for the smaller magazines, I think that a publisher has to thrive for that Tina Brown celebrity effect in order to break through the clutter. Exactly. If the the name now of the editor or publisher means a lot in selling the magazine. Whereas it didn't, generally speaking, you know, before the 1980s and certainly the 1990s. I mean, if the publisher, editor, um, you know, however the magazine runs their format, is a celebrity in themselves, um, it's going to be more attractive to advertisers. It is. There's also a risk, though, too. See Stuart, Martha, okay, best example. See, and in a different sense, uh, with the late John F. Kennedy Jr. and George, when the tragedy happened there, the magazine couldn't survive. So it's, uh, so it's a double-edged sword, but, but especially uh, it's, it's a fact of life today. No, I mean, I, I would imagine, well, it's funny, even though Hef was always Playboy. I mean, you know, Hef always is Playboy. I mean, he has been for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember, you know, the pressure of Diane and I having to brand or try to brand so many different presidents and publishers in the shadow of half. It was no easy. It, it was, was, well, it was very difficult because they had to get along with both, you know, both half and Christie for that matter. Uh, you know, they, you know, they, the magazine was their family and, uh, and it was very hard for an outsider you know, to please them. I think that still exists today, as you Oh, I know, know it does. I know it does. And, but I do and, think uh, I have to say something that's on a, behalf that's of... A, you know, that's a unique situation. It exists. It, it, it's funny. You can compare Playboy to Forbes, where most of the executives there have been there for decades. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing, because things could get stale a little bit. But I know it, uh, and, and there's a family business, too, granted a different product. But uh, at, at Forbes Inc., the editor Jim Michaels was there for he he was editor from 1961 to 1998. Talk about a shadow! Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I guess was there too for 35 years. Of I mean, Jim, but uh, you're right on the publisher side; they came and went so rapidly. You're right. No, no, it's it's very very true. Um, and 
You know, I know Jim Spanfiller is at Forbes.com now. That's right, and you knew him from uh, from Playboy. Uh, Michael Carr is at Las Vegas Magazine now. Ah, that's right. That's Did right. you know that? He, he loves it there, from what I gather. He uh, bounced around. And he he was commuting between with his last job at Weeder before I checked that at Playboy. He was started commuting from from uh, from New York to Las Vegas. So he said enough for that, and so he moved out there full time. And now he's the publisher of Las Vegas Magazine. Well, he's a, uh, that's a gamble, to put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> You've become a comedian. <laughs> a little bit, a little, a little satire. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I remember when we talked, and well, we email corresponded, and I, you know, you just went. You were very um, passionate about your feelings about how the magazine business became so crazy, so so much different than it was 10 years ago. Were you only talking about technologically? Or are you well, a little talking bit of everything. about the Tech, proliferation technology, of personality, I think the competition out there. You know, I look at it historically, Cindy, back, you know, you know, mag- I, I kind of compare magazines to cockroaches a little bit in that they survive That's very everything. Nice. And you're supposed to be a person that's, you know, Helping magazines with their image. Yes, well, no, but okay, maybe so, but well, I mean it like this because, you know, magazines have been around since, at least in the U.S., since Ben Franklin in the 18th century. And in the 20th century, of course, you had, you know, the movies and radio and television. And every time one of these media came about and put, put advertising pressure, especially television and radio, there was a thought that magazines, suddenly magazines wouldn't survive because, and the same for newspapers for that matter, because uh, what I like to say is that, uh, is that whereas the number of media are infinite, the number of advertising is finite. So you, know, you have the same pie and you have more media going after it. And, right. and that, that certainly exists in the first half of the 20th century with radio and then TV. And then the second half of the 20th century you had, I guess, outdoor blossom to some degree, but especially cable. And now, and now the internet and satellite, and you have all these forces out there going after the same bucks, and the bucks and the average, you know, and that side of the and that side of the equation is relatively stagnant, and so that's why there's there's a ton of pressure. And, a, and to be a publisher today, in the old days, it was simply I've heard this story. In the old days in New York, the, most publishers were fat white men, um, fifty mm-hmm. years old and over. And, Not because um, they always sat and ate in Smith and Wolenskis. And they ate Smith and Wolenskis, and they would, uh, and if you know, and uh, and they would, you know, bring their rate cards with them. They'd sign a deal, and they'd be on the. And if it were, you know, let's say the spring or summer, they'd be on the first tee at Wingfoot at four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, so it was a very easy, easy lifestyle. Today, you know, publishers are younger; they're more women. Uh, minorities are coming aboard. But more importantly, it's a business that takes marketing and a lot of skill, and it's not just uh, again the whole. It's a 24/7 job, and to and it's a lot more than just an ad page that you do with a client. So it's a uh, uh, it's a it's a much more complicated business now, because in part because of all the other media out there, and uh, and uh, you really don't know, you know, what your business is. It, it's it's much harder to forecast. For example. Um, you know, in the old days with these long-term deals, I publishers would—I remember publishers telling me in February, you know, what their September and October issues were going to be like. Now they barely know what April is going to be like. So it's a—it's 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 a difficult. It's not as much fun as it used to be. As one. Oh, well, I think that a lot of businesses have changed. I mean, of course, you cover, you cover magazines, but you know, yeah, it applies elsewhere too. You're right. Thing, you know that it used to be a buddy business. 
You mm-hmm. know, if you were working at ABC before it became Cap City's ABC. Oh, that um, had to be you know, that had to be so easy. Relatively speaking, you probably didn't see it at the time, but back then there were three networks, and you know the the, the advertising was on infinitum. Now the now with uh, 500 channels, these guys have to fight for their lives, you know. And uh, and a Desperate Housewives, as popular as it is, doesn't really get the you know they're having the 30th anniversary of Happy Days tonight, and that's a nostalgic thing in more ways than one, because uh, back then. You know, they had like 30 or 40 shares or something like that. I think Desperate Housewives, if it's lucky, maybe gets a 20. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a tougher world out there to say the least. No, oh, no, it really, really is. I think really for all business, I think one of the things that I noticed because I just became an entrepreneur, okay, so I really yeah, felt the true. pain is 911. I mean, you know, I started, you know, right after I put up my banner, after I resigned from Playboy, I was billing at $20,000 a month, which wasn't bad for a kid that, you know, left corporate life, right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and very good. All of a sudden, 911 happens, and I'm, like, down to $5,000 a month. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. That's a real, well, that was, uh, you know, hopefully there will never be another 911 again. But I think uh, uh, that, you know, those those variables, those intangibles, in business and in life is something you really can't predict. And that's because uh, I'm asked, for example, this year, what's the year going to be like in terms of advertising? A lot of publishers ask me and reporters ask me, and obviously I can't answer the question, but the one caveat I always put in there is, God forbid, another terrorism attack or, let's say, the war in Iraq escalates or something that takes people's minds off of doing business here. And, and you really can't, you can never predict that anymore. 9-11 is by far the best example and the saddest example too. No, I think that's very true. So it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough world out there, and you always want, you know, I, I have two kids. I know you have a daughter. You think of, you know, hopefully, you always want the world to be better for your, for your children, and, uh, and but I don't think there are any guarantees of that. Well, let's come back on a little bit more of an optimistic note mm-hmm. after the break. <laughs> I love talking to you, Steve. You are a natural. Steve? I'm here. You're a natural. Thank you. I'm sorry. I thought the break was coming. No, 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 no. They're just playing the music. <laughs> okay. okay. We're going to hear yeah, commercials, and then you'll Cindy. come back, and we'll talk about a little, you know, get into more specific publications. Thank you, Steve Cohn, Media Industry Newsletter. We'll be back in five minutes. want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. 
is Dr. Peter Terms. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you thinking of adopting a child? How do you know if you're ready to adopt? Each week, Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell will focus on different aspects of adoption that are important to you. Marty is a certified adoption practitioner and has made it her life's quest to bring families to safe and ethical adoptions. Her guests for Let's Talk Adoption will include birth parents and adoption professionals. Learn how to overcome the hurdles of adoption on Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed in your daily life? Unfulfilled in your relationships? Unsuccessful in your career? Let's talk about it with marriage and family therapist Patrick L. Healy. Heard live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Patrick and some of today's top professionals will address your most important and pressing personal issues, helping you break down barriers as you discover how to have a happier, more fulfilling life. So if you're looking for real solutions in your life, let's talk about it with marriage and family therapist Patrick L. Healy. Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-888-335-5204 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Here we are. We're back with Steve Cohn from Media Industry Newsletter. Steve, thanks. Thank We're having you, fun, are we? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm a very I, my personality in person translates to my personality on the air. Like there's no change. Have you noticed that? Absolutely, 100%, Cindy. <laughs> So is Danny your oldest daughter in college? Uh, no, she's my Danielle. Uh, she's uh, she is a senior in high school right now at White Plains High School in New York. She's applying to school, college. She hopes to go to Vassar. We hope to be able to afford to go to Vassar, and uh, and uh, so uh, we'll find out in a couple of months. I guess probably in early April whether she gets in. And yeah. Well, good luck. Thank okay. you. Okay. And you know, on an up note, I just want to say I think because. We want to make things better for our kids in this economy and post-9-11, Republicans running the government. Um, what's the State of the Union? He could have just said it in one word, lousy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the things that happened, and tell me this is true of yours, that, you know, our kids are a little bit more determined to make the world a better place. I mean, you know, they just kept on growing up with gloom and doom. <laughs> I, think. I think so, yeah. They're, they're far more realistic than I was at, at, uh, at their age, if I can remember going back that far. I think they're much more aware of the world. They know it's not, you know, they know it's not as easy to get a job, for example. You start working at that in high school, first of all, and, and in college. You think of careers right away, that, that kind of thing. Whereas when I was in High school, uh, you just hoped to get to school and you worried about staying, you know, the old saying in the late 1960s and early 1970s was either state you or Saigon you. So it's a, um, and you were just happy to make a buck fifty an hour after you got out of, co- after you got out of college. So it's a much, uh, it's, it's a more, again, for my kids and I think for your daughter, it's a much more complicated world now and you, 
and then uh, you have to work hard to be successful. You, and really begins in high school. Like, you know, extracurricular activities are important. All these things on a, on a college application besides grades. You know, my daughter, you know, was involved with the yearbook and a few other things. And uh, and uh, so it's a big. Uh, and then again, it was something that I didn't think about that much uh, a generation ago. Yeah, no, you really have to provide the added value. I think that one of the reasons why Melissa was accepted into the UC system is because she wrote an awesome essay. Oh, good I mean, for her. Which, which one? Which, uh, which part was going school? to UC Santa Cruz, which oh, was very good. That's, uh, past Val School, but no longer. <laughs> at, Surf, at Surf City, I think, or something like it that. It is Surf City. It is Surf City. Um, she is in really enjoying it and really finding herself and... She just finished her first semester with a 3.75. Wow. So I am so a proud, proud of her. Mother. Congratulations. Thank you. And you know what? But get ready for it. You and your wife have to, like, you know, brace yourselves that Danielle is soon going to be away from the house. And you know, yeah, we'll have a, We have a son, too. But that's a, you're right. That's going to be a real shocker next, uh, you're right, next August and September. I'm not... Uh, I'm hardly thinking about that yet, but that's going to come. That's for sure. You have to revel in it and enjoy it, and just be proud and watch. Oh, sure. You know. I'll be proud on our graduation day. That's high school. That's coming up. <laughs> yeah, in we'll June. be proud that we don't have to dole out anymore. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, that's only beginning. So that's, but you have uh, a son. That's right. So, well, of course, my husband David has two children. Ah. So you know, even they though they all live with too? us, I mean, you know, it's still something that we have to feel the financial pain over. Are, are his kids uh, late college age, or yeah, they're about to be seventeen and fourteen? Okay, so you're you're on the cusp of it. So uh... I mean, it's going to be a really tough couple of years coming up, but you yeah, know, but we're just going to keep, keep those our accounts coming. That's all. That's that's all I can say. So... Uh, it's it's not going to be a time where we could actually enjoy our leisure money very much. I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, you and I, we're the typical the typical hard worker. What can I say? That's for sure. All right, so I want to ask you some questions more about publishing. Um, we talked about advertising, and we talked about the fact that there's so many different um, places where advertising advertisers can spend their dollars, and that really takes its toll on the magazine. Um, how about circulation? Well, that's a good question, too. Circulation, again, uh, what used to be, to, to uh, pardon the pun, real simple, and which is the name of a magazine, is a lot more complicated now. In the old days, really going back to the 70s and earlier, uh, magazines had, you know, circulation came from subscriptions, subscriptions and also newsstand. And newsstand dominated, really going back to the 50s and 60s when, when predominantly women would buy, you know, women's service magazines like Family Circle and, um, and Women's Day. In the supermarket, their entire circulation was was newsstand and very profitable because you know you didn't have to send subscription cards and all this other stuff. But to keep the rate base, what they found, what publishers found out, really beginning in the 70s and expanding beyond that, was they had to switch to subscription to guarantee that number to advertisers. In the case of Women's Day, I believe it's about, in the case of both magazines, it's about 4 million or 4.2 or something like that. And it becomes much more expensive to to get a to get a subscriber and to keep him or her, than you know, than newsstand where you simply buy it off a rack, and most magazines now, are, you know, with some exceptions, are are predominantly new subscription. Cosmopolitan is one major exception in that it's uh, 
close to 3 million circulation, and 2 million of it is on newsstand. 2 million women buy it every every month, either in a supermarket or a bookstore or a, or a Walgreens or something like that. So it's a real, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a major step. That's what makes it such a big profit center for Hearst. Is it, is it like that for most women's magazines today, where you have that kind of new single-copy sale circulation? Well, single copy sales has gone down considerably for most women's magazines, absolutely, and and subs have gone up. And with subscriptions has come, you know, questions of of honesty. I guess this happened at a company called Gruner and Yar uh, uh, with uh, with the teen magazine YM, where they overstated the newsstand to what's called the Audit Bureau of Circulations, which is the monitoring organization, and they got into a lot of trouble because of it. It's a long story. I'll keep it brief, but essentially the CEO was fired at the beginning of last year, and the magazine ended up folding at the end of last year. So uh, that's the worst example. And, uh, uh, you know, in, so in terms of honesty and circulation, it's a, it's a big credibility problem for magazines now because of that and other examples, and also newspapers too. No, I think that's very true. And again, once again, the internet and satellite TV and all of everything else out there. But uh, but magazines have an advantage because still, at least today, for my generation, maybe not for your daughters or my kids, is that they're portable and you're used to it. Whereas uh, to read something off a computer screen, even if it's a laptop, is not you know not so easy. And even to print, it doesn't quite have the same flair that let's say a Playboy does. Whether the you know just the you know, the the, the the product itself, or, or a Cosmo, or a Maxim, or a Newsweek, or a Time, and they're all wonderful brands too. So uh, there's still a lot of viability out there for them. Um, let me, well, let's talk about um, all of the new magazines that you know. We have about two more minutes, so let's talk about um, a concept that I would call overproliferation or you know overclutter, and this is mm-hmm. just as a consumer. I mean, look at the look at the Laddie market. I mean, when you and I worked together, I mean, we had discussions about how Playboy can, should not be a skin book, right? We had a lot of those. Yes, yes. <laughs> what, what, you know, it's, uh, I'll try to keep this very brief. But the Laddie market, I think, uh, and it surprised me. I wouldn't have predicted it ten years ago with Maxim and, and FHM. Basically, the Laddie market serves the college audience what Playboy did when I was there in the 70s because Hefner at that time was in his 40s and more, you know, was more like a, a father figure and seen about, you know, and, 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 and seemed right for his role as, uh, as the CEO of Playboy Enterprises and, and representing the magazine. And I think what happened as he aged, he suddenly looked like a grandfather figure and you know, kind of like the dirty old man from the Artie Johnson uh, laughing skits. So I don't mean I don't mean to parallel <laughs> that, but I sort of think of that a little bit. And somebody in his twenties could not identify with that anymore. And also the the Playboy concept, frankly, you could find, you know, nudity was not that it was not the only place for that anymore. Even print, for example, with the internet. And so what Maxim did was they was the first one. Basically, made it more, you know. Went as far as it could without, without nudity, and yet uh, uh, you know, and, and basically have a, you know more of a have a good time magazine, which is what Playboy was certainly in the 60s and 70s, and uh, 
but just for a different generation. And but it's, it's definitely blossomed. the original. You know what? I See, I told you that the two segments would go really fast. Why don't you talk about where people can subscribe to Men? Well, you can subscribe to Men. You can, uh, you can go on menonline.com and subscribe that way. We're not cheap. We're 895 bucks a year. Or you can call toll-free 888-707-5814. That's 888-707-5814. Or log on to mininminonline.com. Thank you, Stephen. It's worth the price, everybody. It really is. This guy really knows what he's talking about along with his team. Thank you, Steve Cohn, and we'll talk really soon. Thank you, Cindy. All the best to you and your family. Okay, you too, bro. You too. Okay, take care now. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.